Today's episode of West Virginia Uncommonplace is a versus battle that has myself, Just Red, Rudy, and Del P. And we're talking about the highs and lows of Fat Joe and Ja Rule. And uh, before we get started, uh, to keep the lights on and keep everything on, I'm going to let my sponsor roll through real fast. And then after that, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Real quick, we're going to take a pause in this episode because it's a fairly decently long episode. So we're going to let the sponsor roll through real fast. Once again, thank you guys for listening to West Virginia Uncommonplace. Welcome to West Virginia Uncommonplace slash... For the love of music, man. Okay. Today, for the love, the love of music joining you tonight. All right. For the love of music joining me tonight, can everybody introduce themselves? Well, I'm your boy, Just Red, from Duval County 904, representative, man, also from Code Red, a podcast, but most importantly, from For the Love of Music. Oh, my bad. I was waiting for Y'all looking at me, I said, okay. It's the one and only Del P, man, representing me. Houston, Texas, not in Duval, bitch. On top of that... <laughs> Another part of the For the Love of Music, man. For the Love of Music, my name is Rudy Mitch. I live in Richmond, Virginia, but I represent the BX, New York, all day, every day. And we're just here for the love of music. All right, most I am not a podcaster. I'm just here giving support. I am not a podcaster. Okay, so so <laughs> so we got a tough topic here. This is Ja Rule versus Fat Joe. And my reason for this is this is a tough topic is because you have two of the most featured artists together. They kind of parallel each other. Um, my take is this in this battle, it's going to be a wit of who had the best features on someone else's track and then who was featured the best on that track. So who, which y'all's take on this? I mean, my my thought process initially when you talk hit for hit because that's what these versus battles are it, it's supposed to be or that's where they begin they begin going hit for hit you had your songwriters going hit for hit you had your producers going hit for hit then your artists begin that way but then it became hey i truly want to put on my favorite song that i've done that i don't get the credit for but when you go put this hit for hit my initial thought was Ja Rule will wash Fat Joe, but then when you go dig into it and you dive into it, Ja Rule, he's got your melody tracks. He's got your feature tracks. He's got your songs that the ladies are going to vibe to, that the ladies are going to love, that the ladies are just going to get into. But then Joe can match that. But then Joe can also get grimy and gully with you. Ja Rule can't touch that. Just to jump on that real quick, and it also depends on crowd participation is going to be key for this. If you look at the locks versus Dipset, the crowd, like like um, just what I said, they were grimy with it. You know, it turned to a grind fest, and once the locks got grimy, they, they had no retort. It was over. Let me, so, let me stop you right there. It's not once they got grimy. Them motherfuckers were grimy from the Yeah, they started from the start. Yeah. <laughs> from the we, we didn't even think it was gonna go like two rounds. It was like they're gonna start fighting before this whole thing goes. But um but it's one of those things where um street anthems, you go with Fat Joe. But like you said, if it's 
hit for hit. And if you think everything that's going to be played in the club to get chicks shaking their ass in the club, of course, Jaro's probably going to have it. So I, I really don't like the battle, per se, because to me, it's not a good match. Most of the verses before, except for, uh, as Abdel's piece earlier with Soldier Boy and, um, and Bow Wow, most of the other verses, they were decent matchups. You know, there were matchups that you really wanted to see. Like, hmm, you know, when you, like everybody goes and digs into the catalog, and then, oh, well, he might just have it, might hear it. But this one, to me, it's like, it, it doesn't really have a nice match to it to present to a crowd. It don't make sense. It just don't make sense. Like for instance, I think the last the, the, the last great, great one they had, honestly, was the Aussies and Earth Wind and Fire. After that, they've all been trash to me. I, 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 can... haven't, I haven't enjoyed none of them after that. I didn't like the Monica and Brandy one because I did, I feel like that you keep putting these artists together that really don't fuck with each other, so you're not gonna get what you deserve is the concert. That's why the Bow Wow and Soldier Boy thing burst out, because they're actually friends. They actually fuck with each other. So the talking shit and whatever, and you got to give credit to Soldier Boy. The nigga played the same song like five times. Smartest shit ever. Because <laughs> you run your streams up. That was smart. But like I said, none of them be consensed. I didn't even like the total, what is it? Was it total and then SWV? Or was, was it escape? Escape. It was escaping SWV. Right. Was it? It wasn't. No. I don't know. They can they can do better than what they're doing, but a lot of these artists don't want to do it either. Yeah, because they also they realize that you know it does them no benefit. It's no purpose behind it for them. But I mean, to the matter at hand, Ja Rule versus Fat Joe. Okay, so Me. so look, we we got to dig into this catalog. Um, which one do y'all want to start with first, Fat Joe or uh, Ja Rule? I figured we should do Ja Rule's because it's a little I'm, shorter. I don't think it's shorter. short. I just think after a while, you're, I mean, you're going to mellow me, like you're going to fucking collab me to death, basically. Yeah, he's, he's going to lullaby you. I mean, at the end of the day, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to lullaby you. I won't say that his catalog is short. It's not shorter. It just doesn't stand up. But then again, I will say that it is shorter in a sense because of the simple fact Fat Joe's still putting shit out current day. And, and, Fat, and Joe not to admit that Fat Joe Fat Joe's first album dropped in '93. He had a six year he had a six year lead on Ja Rule. And he was what digging but in the crates in '92. Exactly. But here's the thing with that: you got to remember when him and Khaled hooked up. I'm talking about when Khaled came out, like when Khaled started doing this shit. Yeah, yeah. Fat Joe was on damn that every album. Every album. True, true. Because of the simple fact that who who really put who really put Khaled out there in mainstream like that? We got so we taking over. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the thing is about Fat Joe, and you know, Fat Joe falls in the line of of some certain people that we won't speak about. Um, Fat Joe's rhyme book could have been from somebody else, also. It was. I don't know. Those are fat Joe rhymes, man. Ain't nobody rap like fun, bro. That's like saying Biggie wrote Jay Z rhymes. Sometimes when you mess with somebody, you have similar. It's kind of like them, like Rudy and, and, and Red, right? We hang out so much and talk so much, you pick up each other lingo. 
So then yeah. where imitate what you're around. It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you're jocking it. It's like, that's just what, at one point, everybody sounded the same from New York, which became a problem. People start complaining, right? But from Atlanta, everybody, you know who the fuck that is want to be, come on. Or you you know the ad-lib. That's, that's what it is. So it's like T.I. and Jeezy hang together, but they don't, you can hear the similarities in their music. You can hear True, 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 true. Okay, so let's dig into this catalog real quick. All right, uh, let's go. Man, I'm going to start the song and we'll just run it through and y'all y'all tell me what you think. Ja Rule. First song, let's get this out the way. What's Love, the Fat Joe, Ja Rule, LaShanti deal? Um, songs like that, they collaborated together. They had a sequence. You, we all agree on that? I can I can agree to the fact that it was it was a it was a chart topper, but the song was trash. It was trash. It was a chart topper, but the song was trash. Um, you know, based on the premise of this battle is versus one another. So you can say, hey, Jaru figured the only way that this track is gonna be blessed well enough to do numbers, I gotta go get Joe. So he needed Joe. Okay, so always on time. I don't think that there's a track that Joe has that can stand up against always on time. Nope. nope. Okay. All right. Yeah, so we agree on that. All right, so now let's move over to a an, an assisted track. Let's run with Jennifer Lopez real quick. I'm real featuring Ja Rule. Anything with J-Lo just doesn't don't make sense. Nothing in hip hop with J-Lo makes sense. Okay, so I say in that regard, then granted, Joe's got a track with um with J-Lo just as well. So which I honestly think that the Joe track with J-Lo, it withstands. It it will beat I'm real. What what song is it? I don't even remember. Not being funny. Um, God darn it. Oh. Well, see, they had two together. It was one, Ain't It Funny, which that one would be the Joe song, in my opinion. But this, mm. are, are we giving, are we giving J-Lo credit for that, or are we going to say thank Ashanti? Huh. Which is true. That, because that, is, that, that original bro. song was Ashanti. Okay, yeah. So, yes, J-Lo did a good performance. <laughs> But it's not her record. Very true. Very okay. I don't even get credit on that song. <laughs> I would definitely have to check. But I'm being serious. Like a lot of artists do that, man. A lot of artists will, you know, you can use Beyonce, right? Sure. If you ever look at her music, man, it's like 15 goddamn people on the writer's credit. But nonetheless, it's still her, her shit. You know what I mean? Right. 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 But. I don't think J Lo's ever wrote a record. Probably not. But when you think about it on on a on an R and B standpoint, most R and B songs that's how they're created. You you put right, fifteen you, know you put fifteen people in a room right. and and they began writing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that in R and B because, for instance, if it wasn't for Jermaine Dupree writing that album for Usher, I don't really think Usher would be where he at. If it wasn't for confession, it's so big. And that's then, his largest 
but that was written by JD. That was he was singing about JD's love life. Like that's these are facts. And, and then the thing I'll take away from that, Jermaine Dupree, if he didn't have Wante Austin as one of his credited songwriters for everything that goes down, you know. So yeah, I feel you on yeah. that exactly. Yeah. All right, so let me spend Austin another time. Go ahead. I say Austin be doing his thing. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so let's go into Jay-Z real quick. Can I get a fuck you? The first the first track we heard Ja Rule on on a commercial level. Because that was on so the rush. Because that was on the Rush Hour 2 soundtrack or, or Rush Hour I will, 1. I will, I, will say, I will cash up any of y'all $50 right now if you can rap his fucking verse. Can't. But see, <laughs> but let me give you another let me give you another tip there, right? So you're right. So hold on. You're right. Like, um, can I get a fuck you? What's on that? But you know what else he was supposed to be a part of? He was supposed to be on that um that Drew Hill joint too. But he bowed out of that and they gave it to Redman. That's when Redman came in and did his shit on that. <laughs> so if you could... the fuck was a person. <laughs> Which was the biggest hit on that out that whole soundtrack. And he was like, nah, I don't want that one. Okay. Redman said, okay, cool. I'll step in. All right, I'm good. <laughs> All right, so the one thing that we can say a difference in Fat Joe and Ja Rule was it took Fat Joe a long time to get that cosign from uh, Jay-Z. It took Fat Joe a while just to get the notoriety that he has today. It took him a minute. Because even when he came out, you know, Flo Joe was on his chart. Flo Joe charted, but it was, all, it was one of those, okay, what's next? Still waiting, what's next? And like I was telling the guys, when he started hooking up with um, Terror Squads, when they were putting stuff out, that's when you started hearing about him more often and other things. I think Fat Joe, Fat Joe, he's from Trinity Avenue, South Bronx. So, so basically, is one of those. It's like he was Karis One, but just in the Bronx. Like Karis One <laughs> went through all the boroughs, but Fat Joe was hot right in that little cluster right there. And eventually he starts branching out with the more people that he put on his entourage. Thanks to, thanks to him going down to Miami. Miami is what saved his career. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, no doubt, so man. The thing, Fat Joe, Fat Joe I, I got respect for Fat Joe because he took his respect. There's a difference. They didn't know if you ever pay attention in hip-hop, they don't talk about Fat Joe at all. No. They don't acknowledge him. He don't, he don't make the top 10, the top 15, top 50, and nothing, right? So what he did was creatively be like, oh, no, I'm the shit. Let me show you how. And now the catalog speaks for itself. But when you really put it in perspective, like, let's call a spade a spade. Hip-hop is black culture, bro. You got to earn your shit if you outside of it. Like, they respect Puerto Ricans. They respect whites. But it's like hip-hop is, is black culture, bro. True. And, and and one thing you touched on, like I was listening to something by um, Fat Joe that, that threw me off guard. Do y'all remember Pride and Joy? No. Nope. The, the one where he had like I know what song you're talking about. The but one nobody where he, fucking recalls it. Maybe it's just because I kind of look like Fat Joe. But anyway, uh, it had Kanye West, Miguel, Roscoe Dash, Busta Rhymes, Most Def, DJ Khaled. Everybody just singing in the background. And it kind of touched on what you said. He really did have to go out there, Del P, and earn people's respect. Like, he had to get all these dudes for one track. 
that's the one thing that I'll say. Like Joe does have star star power because when you look at Lean Back, All the Way Up, them two songs right there branched off different remixes. Like one of them songs, Lean Back, brought back Mace for a minute. Okay, okay, let me ask you. I had a question. Are we really giving Fat Joe all the way up, or can we just say thank Remy? Let's thank French Montana. All right, I'm about to go, bro. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I can get where you're coming from by saying French Montana because of the simple fact that, yeah, he's a dude that's all in the fucking hook. But the person that bodied the track. Remy bodied Remy. it. Yeah, Remy did. Remy kill. bodied that track. And if you call but it I'm- what it truly is, any track that Remy's on with Joe, what? she Don't fucking bodies. Wasn't she gonna lean back? Yeah. Yeah, she was gonna lean back. So it's like, okay, you know, you know who he reminds me of? Fat Joe. If, if y'all ever seen 40-year-old virgin? Ah uh, yeah. Fat Joe, Fat Joe would be the virgin in that movie because the supporting cast is what made the movie great, not wow. the main character. But that's what I said. He's the greatest assist rapper. Like he's a good feature rapper. Like if you go back to the the lean back yeah. remix that I that I'm like, he'll lead the league in assists if he's a point guard. Right. He, he's John Stockton of of, of rap, the rap game. Yeah. But but you gotta say, like you said earlier, he commands a certain type of respect because the one lean back version that I listened to, the East Coast Midwest one with Little John, Eminem, Mace, and Remy Martin. When I heard that. I hadn't heard Mace in years, and I was a big Mace fan. Murder Mace. I ain't talking about the pop stuff. Fat Joe did bring him back out, though. But can you, let, let's call it really, truly what it is. Can you really call fucking Mace Murder Mace? How do you feel? Yeah, I'm about to say, feel, yeah. That's, how can yeah, you yeah. honestly feel comfortable and consciously <laughs> call this man Murder Mace? All right, Preacher, preacher, preacher Mace. Preacher Mace. The Deacon did it. Uh, yeah, you 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 can't come on now. Nah. You can't call that dude murder mace. All right, all right. Mace, really? All right, let me recant that. Um, preacher mace. Yeah, man. I mean, Mason Bethan. Yeah, get out of here, man. All right, oh, and, and and the other thing that I'll say though that that helped Fat Joe's career too was that little Fat Joe and Remy Ma album. The of little course. one, the little one, because the last time he he had a relevant hit, like at least. From Virginia, I ain't talking below North Carolina, but that money shower with Tay Dollar Sign. Yeah, that was a high track. But again, you, you talk about relevancy. You, you talk about current music. What the hell have you heard from Ja Rule currently that can do anything? Not a damn thing. Gotta hit Ja Rule with that new number. Who is this? You 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 can't do like current shit. Ja Rule can't do it. I mean, you've got a better chance of finding Jimmy Hoffa than finding another hit from Ja Rule. But but that's the that's the elephant in the room that I was going to hold for a little bit. But we have to be honest; it was one man that that, that ended Ja Rule's career. I don't and, think he did. I think I think in his career, I think Ja Rule fucked himself. What I mean by that is, when Fifty and Rick Ross got into it, Ross just kept being Ross. That's why he stayed successful. It True. was like, whatever, bro. I'm going to still do me, bro. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. I'm going to rap my shit. I'm going to keep rapping. All Ja Rule had to do was just come out with another collab and just keep going. Throw your diss records, but don't let a nigga come in and get you out your, out your game, bro. 
that's what happened. He, he beat himself, bro. I don't feel like 50... The thing with 50 Cent, people have to understand is he came in the era at the right fucking time. There was nobody really doing shit. It's kind of like how Wayne ended up taking over. What nobody else really rapping at one point. It was just Wayne. Because nobody could God, compare. Guy was in jail. Jeezy wasn't really just jumping like that. Like, you got to think about it. Niggas was running the game because it wasn't who else you was going to listen to. At that time, Ja Rule held his own. But you can never let a nigga get you out your game, bro. You'll forever lose. Now, and on top of all that, once Philly was done with him, he said, well, Eminem, come get some. Bust the rhymes. Come on. Bust the rhymes. I don't be for nobody. And all of a sudden, he's like, yo, Jeffrey, why you call my name? It's like, where as government. Yeah, like, where, where are we? How do we get here? And like you said, Avila just came out and started putting out, keep putting on his heads. All this would have just went to the side. That's exactly what he should have did. But see, the issue at hand is he got, I, this is why I can say that 50 ended him. 50 exposed him. 50 exposed the fact that without you being able to be a feature artist, you're not relevant. And what happened is basically you got your ass beat by somebody that you couldn't beat. So now you're going to keep trying to go down the line until you can find somebody you can beat. And it determined you couldn't beat nobody. So what'd you do? You went in the hiding until you came out with this fucked up fire festival shit that <laughs> did just like your career. Went nowhere. Clap back. I'll never forget clap back. When I heard it, I turned it off. Ass gas. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as I heard it. And uh, back. Take it to war, niggas. Get this shit out of my goddamn car. I'm not listening. <laughs> yeah. As gassed. And I mean, that like I said, dropped, I dropped New York and just left that shit alone. You know why? Both of you niggas are from Queens. Both of you niggas from New York. I just dropped the biggest fucking New York anthem. I wouldn't have said shit after that. Beat this record, nigga. Then he came yeah, out with remember they they both all three of them and, and Jadakus he, he played it cool through all this. They came out with the New York little track. And like if that kind of to me it fizzled too, because it was kind of like I like it because you know Jada's on it. And Jada, I got a newfound respect for Jada. I always I never clowned him, but it's something Jada stayed tough through everything, just like Rick Ross. Jada's career, you know, we'll go into another day, but um Either way, like it was just like Ja Rule just disappeared, like disintegrated, like you said, the Firefest. Now back to, to the catalog of music. That's where I think uh Fat Joe gets in here and destroys him because every year Fat Joe tried to come out with a single. He had a little little Chris Brown joint called Another Round. Um stuff uh, that, that yeah, no, you know, he and uh like no, but Dale, what, 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 what JR is saying is, you know, he's still staying relevant. He still has his name being mentioned. He's still hey, getting airplay. So. That nigga podcast funny as shit, though. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it, to me, it's kind of like, Ja Rule kind of scared. Didn't 50 Cent buy one of his shows and, uh, and, and nobody showed up to it or something like that to that extent. Didn't he buy all the tickets to one of his shows? Yo, he that shit was hilarious. <laughs> and, and you know, 50 Cent ain't even a rapper anymore. He's like an executive, but not the title let in there. It just seemed like, you know, 
even Fat Joe, he got a pass later because Eminem still respected him throughout all this. Because Eminem has laid a track down with him and Mary J. Blige, what, about two years ago, right? Am I wrong? About, yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken about that about that time frame. I mean, that, that's the thing. Joe don't really, I, I'll give it to him. Joe don't fuck with nobody. Joe don't, you know, he he's about, hey, I'm trying to take care of my fam and I'm trying to put out put out music. That that's just what it is. I mean, he's he's putting out music, and so who who wouldn't want to work with him? Who wouldn't want to you know? When it's like one of those those times where hey, you know, if I get on this track with you, it's gonna do numbers. If me and you put a track together, it's gonna do numbers. It makes sense. Yeah, I get that. So so let's do this quick takeaway. Everybody take. Take their time and say this. I'm going to say Fat Joe's going to win it. And he's not going to win it on the basis of doing that stupid crap that Dipset did, rapping over their own beats when they can barely rap anymore. Because we've we seen Jules Santana, he ain't even got his mouth right no more. So he was, uh, whatever. They wouldn't, they kind of censored uh, Jules Santana on that track, on that old deal. Like, because he had, me and you talked about it, he had tracks. His, his, hey. like, his, his body and stuff. Was, is better than Cameron's all day, and I will say that. And Delpy, I know you got something to say about that, but but tying this up, Fat Joe will win because of the longevity, and because he's like I said, he sparks a hit every year or every other year. He has a little summer jam, or like you said earlier, Delpy, he's on DJ Khaled something doing something. He got the podcast. He's out there. He keeps himself relevant. John Rule, last time I heard about him, he had tax problems. But see, here's here's the thing. And, and and you have to think about this when you go to the verses. It's nice being relevant now, but if you had a club banger, late nineties, early two thousands, like what we say in uh, in, uh, in our verses, if it goes twelve rounds, you ain't got to win twelve rounds. You just got to win seven. And I get the feeling that Ja Rule has enough tracks. To squeak this one out, just you know, like I said, just butt moving, moving. That's a, that's all he's gonna come out and play because he. Mm-hmm. See, I know you're looking at me. Uh, look now, but don't get it wrong. I'm riding with Fat Joe. I, I am. I'm riding with Fat Joe. But I just get the feeling that they're gonna play one of them cheesy ass club songs that he used to, that all the women used to sing along to the hook with. And you know, none of the real dudes can you know say the rhymes pervading out of their head. I get the feeling it's gonna be kind of one of those battles when it finally kicks off. Okay, so and I respect that. So you're right. We say in our battles when we're going twelve rounds that you only got to win. You you only got to win seven. All right. So most versus battles go twenty. So realistically, you need to win eleven. There are five hood tracks. There are five gully tracks that Fat Joe can play that are gully that Ja Rule can't touch. So that's five of them right there. So now he's got to come with six tracks that he can just compete with. Terror Squad. Again, it's going to happen. As much as I said initially, I was going to rock with Ja Rule because I was thinking of initial hits, thinking of um, what's love, thinking about where would I be without you and all of that. And, you know, thinking about the Shanti tracks and thinking Joe can't touch that. But then I go back and I'd actually dig into it. Joe's got a Shanti tracks. 
Joe's got tracks with J Lo. Uh-huh. Joe, yeah, you can't. One track that I and I mentioned and we we talked about this. What in the hell is Ja Rule gonna do if Joe plays a track with um him and Big Pun and Nas? He can't do nothing with it. Can't touch it. He that that's not his lane. Right. And just um JR, you just spoke on it. You know, once I even told Red, I said, hey, Terror Squad, all those collabos too. Bet your man can't do it like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that the best thing that he could do is okay, now you pull out collabos from Cats from Murder Inc. But at the end of the day. But but now now to start about you just brought up another exactly. point. The, um all right. So like Dell said, they they're gonna try to collab us to death. How many songs can you say Ja Rule has straight up by himself rocked out to? Holla, holla, and he realized this shit ain't it, and he went and got a shot. Simple and plain. Yep. That's what it that is. Veggie, veggie, whatever the fuck that is, trash. That's why Rule 336 is his best fucking album. Why? Motherfucker collabs. He went and got Charlie Baltimore. And that man. That nigga really didn't collab with a lot of rappers because nobody liked him. He was like that real popular kid that's like, why is he popular? But he's popular. All right. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Um, something that happens in this podcast game, um, and I'm calling it a game because sometimes things get tossed around, kind of like playing Nintendo. Um, you, you play a little bit here and there, and then it comes a point that you get a certain dominancy. Um, like when I used to play Street Fighter, um, I would get out here and I wasn't that great, get beat up by Barlog, whoever, Blanca, whatever. And then it came a point that I got, got good and I started a reign. Like I, I got to a point where I was content with how I was fighting with Chung Lee. So nobody could dust me. Nobody could do anything to me. Um, and, you know, along the way, sometimes when I would play this game, I'll play with friends and they would become collateral damage. You know, they weren't my intended target. I was just always trying to get better. So today with me, I have Red from Code Red, a podcast. We are here to discuss a few things that happens inside your reins when you're out here doing your podcast. And we are all independent podcasters. That means that, we take our time. We take uh, it's 1021 p.m. on a September 13th. We're taking time out of our, our schedules of sleep, more than likely, or eating, whatever he's doing. Mine will be eating and sleeping at the same time. Um, we're here to discuss this. So, Red, tell everybody a little bit about your podcast, real quick. Man, again, I am just Red from Cold Redder Podcast, one half of Cold Redder Podcast, me and my co host, Coco Cabana. Coco. Um, yeah, shout out to Coco, man. What we do realistically is we've hopped in our own lane. We we talk on current event topics that everybody's talking about, but you get it from a male and a female's point of view. Um, a lot of times we disagree. Most of the times we agree on subjects, but you get a raw edge from it. You know, we don't give you politically correct all the time definitely not for me don't give you the political correct version we're just gonna give you raw and real and uncut and then we another thing that we tap into is this entertainment world and we shed a lot of spotlight 
on some artists that are just that don't get that just do that are up and coming that really have that it factor but they're not getting the plug that they should and you know we try to shed light on that we talk to them find out about their their beginnings you know whether it was a humble beginning whether it was a struggle and how they got to the point to where they are and what's next for them and we put a spotlight on that and you know that that's our thing that's our lane that's what we stick to and hell we, we found our niche okay and then inside that niche you know when you're building something like i said about that little analogy i did with the street fighter um there's some collateral damage uh some people get 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 mixed up get 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 become a target uh of their own devices um we have things like that happen but at what point did you realize that y'all got to reign over an area like that y'all have a niche you are the king and the queen of upcoming entertainment or we'll just go straight forward with it and say content creators you are bridging the gap between these people trying to get on a radio station which is really hard to do now um and and making it to a bigger platform so when did you realize that you had a reign over this? To be honest, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep it a buck. When you came at me about it, when you came at me with the with the concept of, you know, this new show that you wanted to go, or this new series, The Reigns, because I never, we never looked at it as that way. I never looked at it as we had the reins over it, over it. Now I do see and pay attention to things now. And I see that I don't really see, or I'm not going to say there's nobody else doing what we do. I won't say that, but I see no competition. So I won't say that I was thinking that we had the reins of, of it, but I know that what we do, we put a lot into, and we put out a very, very good product. We're not, either one of us, just how we're raised and how we're brought and just what what's inside of the both of us, we're not just gonna put out no shit. We're not just gonna put out no mess. So I 100% wholeheartedly, in the words of Frank Lucas, I guarantee it that, hey, we the motherfucking best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Shout out to shot. Um, Brad Hart. Brad. Brad. Oh, all right, I like that one. Now, it's, yeah. a, it's a thing I like to put in a spotlight on people because people don't, you know, we always look through a glass at someone else. We don't ever truly see what we do. And um, it started a few months ago. I, I was just listening and I was getting, like I said, shout out the podcast Instagram once again for what he did with the look. Shout out Pat, man. Shout out to Pat. Pat doesn't get the credit that he deserves. And when he was at, uh, at a point to where he was getting that some fuckery came about and it, it was real wrong of how that was handled but shout out to pat pat does amazing things and he don't ask nobody for shit shout out to pat he, he I, that, that's somebody that i will stamp a fucking page in my passport to get across the island if you need one to get over there and i'll whoop somebody ass about pat shout out to pat man all right so so with pat like he, he put this lens on everybody and me from the, the the place that I sit on on top of my mountain in West Virginia, not as a superiority thing, I just live on a mountain. Um, I got to see a lot of different people, and I got to interact with different people, you know. Mm -hmm. And along the way, uh, your podcast was thrown out there. Me, you discussed how I found out about your podcast, and I started listening. 
And I will never forget, I was leaving West Virginia, I was hitting New Jersey, and I heard that uh, intro, the one with the lady about the weed and the smoking and everything. So I'm at a rest area in Pennsylvania, and I got a, little, got a Mitsubishi Outlander, so you know, that, that's got sound in the trunk. So I okay. hear that, and I'm going to the bathroom, I hear this, and you know, I, I really got to go to the bathroom and stuff, and I hear this, and I got to let the, the trunk up, and... I'm hearing, you know, you get this hard remix in it, and then I hear y'all come on, and y'all are just talking. It was something about the Karen doing something in the uh, in the inside the the Victoria's Secret or something, and y'all was going back and forth and talking about it. And it was the delivery on top of the intro that got me in harder because I was like, they really got a craft to what they do. Like it is a, it's more than just a bare bone podcast. Cause I do a bare bone podcast. There ain't no bells or whistles. The only sound effect you get is if something hits my foot or if this microphone falls and to put that much craft into what you do, it takes a lot because anybody can go out here and just throw a little intro on, um, shuck and jive through things. But when you start getting into the body of catalog of what y'all do, and it's not a point of me giving you praise. It's a point of just letting you think, think from, from someone outside looking in. Um, you, and we don't try to do comparisons to anybody, but we're going to all be factual in life. I listened to your podcast against another podcast and I went back and forth because, you know, I listened to a lot of different ones. So it wasn't like it was a week to week thing that I did. But when I had a free Sunday, cause Sunday is my free day to travel and stuff. I'm sitting here. I didn't put four hours into your podcast. That's West Virginia to at least, um, the corner of Delaware. So I, I, I got to embrace it and I got to hear the different episodes and it was a real joy to know that I didn't have to skip over a podcast because I can't even say in my body of work, I got some gems, but it's like six of them. You can skip over until you find where you fit in and yours. Right. Once, once people start listening, you're tucked in, you get in a trance about this artist that you're promoting just, the, just in that bubble of time that you promote them. And then you go on to something else or y'all start off with something else. Once you promote that artist, that's the next banger that somebody's getting from Apple Music or whatever, however they listen to music, you know. And that's the thing that intrigued me because I'm like, look at the, the the production that goes into the episode. Look at how it's promoted, which I looked at that first. And we talked about different things inside of promoting episodes and putting on Snapchat, putting here right. and there. And it seemed like, you know, y'all have a muscle. Y'all have a controlled podcast that you know the elements for and you took it further you you're getting more listeners not on anything that i helped you or said anything to you about but you get more listeners because you're able to center the focus on what you're doing the upcoming artist on top of your pop culture even though you don't want to call it that i know you don't want to call it but your pop culture when you do them two things right there that's podcast 101 you can't teach that you can't get someone to memorize that, that is just natural God-given ability if you believe in God, if you don't, whoever you believe in. So, right. so, so that gives you a, a reign over certain areas because people emulate. That's, the, that's the, my favorite word in the podcast industry is they emulate what another person does. And I started listening to some other podcasts that I didn't listen to before, and I started comparing them. We won't say names because we don't do that. But yeah, yeah. I noticed there was a lot of jocking going on. And that jocking, when you got it going on, and mind you guys, he, he, he's solid. He don't do motions and stuff like I do. I'm moving my hands back and forth, doing all this extra uh, 1992, <laughs> remember the Tom's dance shit. And uh, anyway, it, 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 was, it was purely like, I, I started listening. I'm like, 
they are getting this from this man. And it's hard to pay homage to somebody because all of us emulated somebody, even though you, you know, even right. though you, you got that, you may have heard it from a, a disc jockey on the radio. Like I heard it from Walt Baby Love growing up, how to, how to do a certain type of interview. And then, like I told you, you always hear me paying homage to 2020. Barbara Walters told me how to interview you and get the questions I want and get the answers I want out of you. So, right. so here, you're the architect of your reign, you and Coco. What started this podcast? Like we always talk about, oh, tell me a little bit about your podcast, but what started this podcast? And at what episode did you really start realizing that, hey, we got the training wheels off here. We're really going. Man, to be honest, like I tell everybody, like I wanted to get into this realm um, to be where we're at about to wrap up season two. Um, it was a dream because I actually said maybe about, we started October of 2020. We started in October of 2020. Prior to that, I had been podcasting, um, with my family, um, with my cousins, shout out to the Rivers Post, which I am also a co-host of the Rivers Post podcast. Shout out to Lex and T. Um, we're, we're revamping that and that's going to be dropping back out too. Okay. I've been podcasting with them for, you know, a couple months, but even prior to that, I had all the equipment. I had mics. I had, um, I had audio boxes, headphones, everything. I, I had, I had everything set up. I had everything. And I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. And this was before the way pre pandemic. This is like. 2018 2017 i started buying this shit and i'm like this is what i'm gonna do i want to do this because i want to give myself a voice now in the in my corporate world people say that i have people eating out of my hand because i can command a room i can command attention but lo and behold i personally i don't feel that i get listened to so i wanted to do a podcast because it was going to be something for me to get my voice heard, to get my voice out. So fast forward, you know, after doing a couple months with my cousins and, you know, even maintaining both for a while, but fast forward, Coco hits me up. I was like, yo, I've been thinking about doing a podcast and Coco and I, we go back to middle school. Okay. We, we've known each other for, for quite some time. We We went to middle school together, high school together and even work together for quite some time. So we've got a history, we've got a chemistry in that aspect. But she hit me up and she was like, yo, I think you and I would be a good mix to do a podcast. I'm like, okay, well, what do you wanna do a podcast about? And at first when she said it, I was kind of like, uh, that that really ain't the lane that I wanna get in, but now don't get me wrong, I love entertainment, I love music and all of that stuff. But we were initially just gonna talk about hot topics. But then after episode two, we was like, yo, we own to something. This is actually working. Then we started enter- We started having guests on. And then I was just like, you know what? What if we get to entertainment? What if we start, you know, who could we get to? Or how do we, let's just start reaching out. Let's start shooting our shot. We started DMing folks and people was just like, you know, some people, either didn't respond, some people responded and still didn't show. And some people said yes and stuck with it. 
you know, and then the growing pains of it all, you know, some of the ones we took, we took some of that shit personal in the beginning. Like, or you said you was going to do this and then you flaked out come recording time. You don't show up. You don't respond to no message. You ghost us. We took some of that shit personal. But then at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer when your name is in the right mouth, somebody's going to be like, dang, I had the opportunity to be on that. And at the end of the day, initially, I was like, nah, that, that chance ain't going to come back around. Fuck you. Because you said <laughs> fuck us. But nah, you want to come back around, you can definitely do it. You can definitely do it. You know, ain't no shine, ain't no hate on it. Sometimes you you don't get the the awareness back then, or you don't you don't take the people right now that should have hopped on Bitcoin when it was a dollar. That should have hopped on Bitcoin when it was fifty cent, and now it's forty forty plus grand. Hey, that's fine. We'll take that. We'll take it all day long, but you know, just to, to circle back on it, man, we kind of, we knew about after episode three or four, we really had something going and we are for, getting ready to be 41 episodes into this thing. All right. And, and, and another thing that happens here, like, uh, like you said, you, you went into some important lessons you learned here and I'm glad that you got a thick skin for that. Like letting people come back because I'm, I'm so petty. Like if, um, in this business, I'm really tight with it. Everybody, I'm really genuine with. When I come to you, we're going to talk about this and that. You you know, if you get to a certain point with me and we become friends, you got my home phone number or at least my cell phone. You can call me, text me, talk to me about anything. But, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I really respect you on the fact that you don't shun anybody after they, if they shun you. Because if someone shuns me and they don't come correct, like if we don't try to, if they don't try to fix it, it ain't going to get fixed by me because I'm like you. Um, so many opportunities and doors open up because the person that shunned you put that vibe out and someone else picked that vibe up. And a lot of times the mm -hmm. person that picked that vibe up is the person that's going, y'all going to gravitate, y'all going to levitate and y'all going to move on from there. Now, what's it like though? Like when you hear your, your episode, like when you hear it come through the car or you hear it come through the, the through your headphones, what is that? What is that, that, that feeling that you get when you hear it, that finished product? It's a it's a proud moment. It's almost like seeing your kid graduate from school, you know, knowing that you've taught them well, knowing that you've instilled everything into them and they've gone out and they've succeeded. So I compare that in that way because I look at what we put forth then to coming up with the, you know, deciding on what topics we're gonna discuss. Or once we once we book an artist or once we book a comedian or once we book a DJ or once we put, I mean, and that's the thing, we, we have a variety of everything. Once we put, once we book a credit counselor, once we book a doctor, you know, once we do and we put everything together, once we get the drawing board set, we put the vision board together and we come up, boom, we're going to talk about this, this, and this. All right, boom. All right. Well, we don't want it scripted, but what's your point of view on this subject? All right, boom. My point of view is this. All right, boom. That's all I need to know. Your point of view. Here's my point of view. So we're going to come at it. We're going to come at it raw. Then we go in and we come up, we sit down and we listen to the artist. It's so many people that I've seen interviews and I've heard interviews to where you can tell they don't know jack shit about the person that they're interviewing. They don't know anything about their music. They haven't listened to a song the first. We will sit and go listen to these songs. We'll sit and listen to their music. 
if we haven't already heard it and we digest, we um dissect it and we go through it and we come up with genuine questions so that it's not a cookie. Hi, I'm Jay Christian, host of The Cognac Room. The Cognac Room is a weekly, uninhibited, drink-infused podcast about adulting and male and female interactions. We discuss everything from money, sex, breakups. You name it, we're getting into it. I have two lovely co-hosts who join me over a nice glass of cognac, and we have a ball. We laugh and we talk trash. So, pull up a chair, pour up a glass, and let's discuss. You can find us on all streaming platforms. Hey, 